Welcome to Max Volume, where we deal with loud takes and soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 96. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Jesse Ventura's biceps, Christopher Walken's dance moves, and the next 60 years of Fast and Furious movies. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. No observations today. It is Cage Match Mondays here on Max Volume. Andrew, hello. Yes, you know what time that is. Cage it match is Monday. half past Nick or a nickel in time saves nine. Like what are, what are we doing? Like like nickel in time. A nickel in time. Yeah, it's not bad. You, Nick is just a nice name. And I like that he spells it N-I-C. No K. He doesn't need the K. Okay. Get rid of that K. Now, do you think he should have gone by Nicholas Coppola? Nicholas Kim Coppola? Yeah, or whatever it is. Francis Ford Coppola, right? Or Nicholas Ford Coppola, right? Is that what he would go by? Is that his uncle? Yeah. yeah. That's his real, like, last name. He right, changed right, it to Cage. Right. Well, he actually changed it before the movie that we're going to talk about. Oh, interesting. So we are talking... Distance. What? To distance himself from the Coppolas. Oh, you interrupted me. I'm very upset. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I care a little bit. But 1983's Valley Girl. So oh, this was fun. This was really fun. Yeah. So small synopsis. There's Julie, a girl from the Valley. Duh. Meets Randy, a punk from the city. Our oh. beloved Nick Cage. And they are from different worlds. So different. And find love. And somehow they find a way to stay together in spite of her trendy, shallow friends. Simple plot. Too simple. Really simple. Super, super simple. Well, this movie only cost $350,000. So they didn't really, they weren't working with much. And the script was written in 10 days. And shot in 20. <laughs> That's incredible. I love stuff like that. Like imagine, imagine November 1, you don't have a movie. November 30, <laughs> November 30 your movie's done. <laughs> you have a Nick Cage movie. With the director of Real Genius. Oh my gosh. I mean, God, what a what a perfect time for this. Now, you know, I have an 80s podcast that I'm working on right now called Buzz in the Tower. Little yeah. little promo promo to the four or five people out oh, there. Plug it. Yeah. B-U-Z-Z-N, the tower. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, Katie. But uh, so I've been watching so many 80s movies. Like I think I've watched 280 movies, 80s movies in the last 45 days. I think this is the most 80s movie of all time. It was really 80s. It's, Just, I mean, you're wearing, if anyone can, can't see you out there, well, obviously not because there's no video, you're wearing a pink windbreaker with the collar popped up, and you look fantastic. Oh, I know. I, if I had my Ray-Bans and the, the white polo underneath, yeah. Yeah, so I this, right movie, in. Yeah, this movie just has so much 80s about it. Everyone has the pop collar. The mall is like the big place where they go. The punks are different than the preps, which, by the way, I think that's aged really badly. Like, I know this was a big thing in Pretty in Pink, too, that, oh, he's punk, and oh, she's preppy. It's like, nowadays, everyone's so different. I think they're, they're like, minorly different by they today's blend, standards. They all blend together now. Right? Don't you think? Like, oh, my God, he likes punk music and has his hair, like, flock of seagulls. It's like, it's not that different. <laughs> oh, like Fred's hair? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Fred's hair is wild with the pink and all. Nick Cage just has kind of a different quaff. This might be one of his best hair movies. You think so? I don't like the hair like that. It's, it's like he got bedhead with like <laughs> gel stuck in his hair the night before and didn't take it down. It's like uh, there's something about Mary. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> like that. But I mean, he's dreamy in this movie. How old is he? He's like 19, 19 20? 19 years old. Young Nicholas Kim Coppola. 
Oh yeah. And the first time you see him, he's on the beach in just some shorts, shirtless. He's he's a good looking guy. That that V of chest hair. Yeah, he's got he's got the Superman V of chest hair, which is just fantastic. I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But he's it's weird. He's got those sad puppy dog eyes and the bad teeth. Still hasn't fixed his teeth. Right, before before they fix the teeth. Yep. Did he pull his teeth out before this movie? No. No, I, we talked about this uh, last week. Um, yeah, I'm saying when did he pull them out? Oh, uh, in 80, was it 87? For a 85? Vietnam movie, right? Yeah, Birdie. Yeah. It was after this, but before Moonstruck. Okay, I can't tell. His teeth are just a mess. He's just, he's got shark teeth. Just fink, 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 fink. Just not good. imagine if he didn't have his teeth fixed? Would he be the Nicolas Cage that he is today? I think so. It's just the energy inside him just allows for him to exist like that. I mean, you never like look at Nick Cage like that's a handsome smile. You're just like, this guy's mentally unstable and I don't know what he's going to do next. Right. Yeah. But you don't get the crazy Nick Cage in this, do you? No crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's different. Yeah. So, I mean, well, he does. Enjoyable. He does break into the bathroom of a house after getting in a fight with a guy and decides to just be a peeping Tom until the girl goes into the bathroom so he can talk to her. Yeah. That was a little creepy. Yeah, but I realized in the 80s, being creepy was semi-romantic. Like, look at John Cusack and Say Anything. Look at Ducky and Pretty in Pink. Like, kind of the, I'm gonna stand on your lawn and be really creepy. Or like, you look at Can't Buy Me Love. Like, these people kind of who are being obsessive, it's seen as cute in these movies. Yeah, he ends up sleeping on her lawn. Yeah. and does he slept on someone's lawn. No. Have you done anything ridiculously romantic for someone ever? I don't know. Because I think these movies have like <laughs> really messed people up. Because I remember I got dumped once and I wrote like a 15 page letter to her favorite group, Dispatch. I was like, please, like, can you give me a shout out or something and like bring us back together? Because I believe in love. Like that doesn't happen. These movies, these movies have skewed us into a weird place. Did you ever hang out in a mall though? Yeah. Natick Mall back home. Love malls. I, I was actually just there today. The Natick Mall. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, right? it was <laughs> framingham what up but yeah i remember like eating nathan's fries and getting like chicken teriyaki samples and looking at the god what was it like the looney tunes store and stuff like that i mean they clearly it wasn't a hangout spot in the high school like it is in this one this one it's like the epicenter of high school life yeah they could have shot the entire movie in the mall yeah well, i mean i mean back then there wasn't much to do and you know right. these these girls had some money is the valley supposed to be rich because i know it's the san fernando valley is That's that like a kind of the the feeling i get like it's a rich rich area right it didn't seem like can't buy me love there's, rich though they're, you know? serving, they're serving sushi at a party for high schoolers yeah but it seemed like garbage rich do you know what i mean like it wasn't <laughs> like everyone had porsches it's just that okay. yeah. everyone had jobs and two cars and you know two parents at home that kind of thing like it was more Upper middle class. Yeah, exactly. Like the Stan Smith from American Dad kind of vibe, right? Legolas. Yes. <laughs> Legolas. God. <laughs> Love Stan Smith. Love him so much. But uh, yeah, so this movie, not, not much goes on. Like they go to a party and Julie and Randy, you know, kind of talk to each other and are into each other. And by the way, has a girl ever looked at you the way Julie looked at Randy? She looked at him like he was a T-bone steak and she was a hyena. She was going to tear him apart. Yeah. yeah. But like, it wasn't like a sexual thing. It's just like an awkwardly, I haven't learned that staring at the sun is not a bad thing. <laughs> it was, I mean, so this movie's just over the top. It's just bubblegum pop, delicious. And I mean, I think the thing that exemplifies that the most is when they actually go on a date and they start dating, 
there's a montage scene. I did the math on it. It's three minutes and 31 seconds. And that is like two minutes longer than any montage I've ever seen. Like God bless them well, so hard. They had to fit in the entire song. I melt with you. Yeah. Right? By modern English. Yes. Yes, exactly. You think that's why they did it? No, they had to make it that long. So they get the entire song in there. Oh, interesting. But like what they were doing during that montage, I wrote it down. They're sharing sodas. Yep. They're walking and talking. They go to a pizzeria, a donut shop, a disco lounge, bowling, a burger joint. They go to see Romeo and Juliet as the most on the nose, like star-crossed lovers. This is them kind of thing. They're making out on a hill in a car. They're talking on the phone. This is still going. Like they're walking <laughs> her to her door. They're kissing on the beach. And then for some reason, they're sharing pie at the mall for a solid 30 seconds. They're back at the mall, yeah. (laughs) But they're discussing why he won't eat the pie, like, but without sound, while the music is still going. It's fantastic. It's a lot of dates. (laughs) It is so many dates. I mean, I guess, I mean, like, you remember Puppy Love, you know I mean? You're just happy that someone likes you. So how how much time has really passed? Two months. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Is that what it says? Two months? No, because... You might have caught that. No, no, the ex-girlfriend that Randy goes back to uh, at the club when he's drunk later. Oh, yeah. And she's like, he's like, you haven't been around. It's like, yeah, for two months. I'm like, oh, interesting. Nice. Little... Okay. I love when they explain how much time goes by later because you have to guess it. And then yeah. like, you're not sure if you're right or wrong. There's something just uniquely satisfying about knowing it later. Yeah, sometimes you're just way off. So yeah. you mentioned the, the Romeo and Juliet. You know how, did you notice how the camera kind of panned up? Yeah, it's and like- then, yeah. So I it's guess like they're, they're nudging you. They're like, eh? yeah, uh, come Loose, on. Loose, loosely based on uh, Romeo and Juliet. So Julie's ex-boyfriend, was he that big a sleaze or was she terrible too? I think they were both bad. Tommy. I mean, Tommy seems like an idiot, but. <laughs> yeah, meathead. He had like three collars popped up. Definitely drinking at the parties too. But do you know who that is, by the way? I, I don't know. It's Michael who, Bowen. Right. Who, who plays Buck from Kill Bill. <laughs> remember that yeah yeah i would never have gotten that <laughs> my name is buck and i like to chew bubblegum that is that is buck with his his very understated car the well we'll leave it be i'm gonna i'm gonna walk slowly away from that yeah but, tommy was kind of a kind of a doofus meathead but yeah and he gets his butt kicked at the end too he seemed pretty athletic i don't think that randy could have taken him well, like this, I, liked, this... I liked his uh karate kid judo chop that was yeah. He got kind of he got kind of like uh, Karate Kid, best of the best, Bruce yeah. Lee on him. Did not see that coming in a pink tux. Oh yeah, he can move. Yeah, but I mean, I think maybe this is the first time Nicolas Cage got in a fight on screen. Is that right? The first time he got hit. Well, this is only a second credited film. Okay, so we need to see the first one. But if this is the first time well, he's, we could say this started. What's up? It's fast time. Fast times at Ridgemont High. He didn't get in a fight in that. So. <laughs> this is the basically this is the nascent this is the birth of action star nick cage oh my gosh you're right we wouldn't have the rock we wouldn't have face off we wouldn't have any of those without you well, know without thank, randy i was well i was just say thank you tommy for hitting him in the face yeah so i mean if a guy like that walked into your party if you were like an upper middle class guy i'd be like dude get out of here and he's hitting <laughs> on his girlfriend it's like you gotta go so yeah you do the same thing you'd punch him in the face yeah like Randy and uh, friends do it. Randy and God, what was his buddy's name? Was it Fred? Fred, Fred man. Yeah. yeah. Fred's a good friend. I like Fred. We all really. need a Fred in our lives. He kind of disappears for, you know, the second part of the film. 
He really does. But he comes back big in the end. He's like, I got a plan, man. And we're going to get you there. We're going to get you, get you your girl back. By the way, is it the most random dumping of all time? Like her parents are pretty cool with it. Her parents don't seem to be very, you know, you can't date this guy. It's just her friends kind of sort of don't like Randy, but that's it. Yeah, they don't like Randy. Yeah, but they're not like, we're going to end our friendship or anything like that. It just, it seems like a kind of fizzle of, why like there wasn't like that much controversy of them breaking up it felt forced yeah it was um nick cage and you know didn't see it coming yeah well i mean that's a key to 80s romantic company comedies as the boyfriend don't say i love you a little too early because they're gonna dump you like right <laughs> afterwards <laughs> that's, that's the key in, that's the key in these movies you're right it's literally it's one without like because i've been watching these rapid fire that literally happens every time when the guy's like i love you she goes i can't be with you <laughs> right <laughs> That doesn't happen in real life. No one's not that much on, not on the same page. It's just ridiculous. But it's a movie. They wrote it in, in 10 days in the 80s Hollywood. We should yeah. write a movie in 10 days. Let's see if we can do this. Directed by Martha Coolidge? Yeah. No idea who it was. Who did Real Genius. Oh. Yeah. Real Genius, okay. I mean, so she's great at montages. Obviously, she perfected it in Real Genius. She's done a bunch of TV shows, like one episode's off since then. Okay. But- Kind of funny. So you know how there was a bunch of breasts in this movie? Four. Four pairs. Yeah. So you know the studio required her to do that. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, no, did, did, it... did you not did you actually just count the number of breasts? Yes. Okay, because I just knew from a <laughs> trivia fact that the studio said there needs to be at least four sets of breasts so that young males will like this movie. <laughs> so because it was coming off of what, like Porky's, right? Yeah, the early 80s were kind of a let's expose the tops of women kind of right. error you got right. you know caddyshack you got spies like us the, the guys, to attract the guys to the movies yeah yeah i mean it was a dirtier simpler time i guess but i don't think it really added to the movie that much i didn't need to see that no i didn't need it yeah. um i mean this valley girl it seems like plausible to exist right i mean these these kids are actually human yeah they're dancing to mtv feelings you know. yeah they have moms who are divorced who want to bang high school kids which is a little yeah. strange side plot right that was a weird one wasn't it beth brent uh she was Susie's mom yes. fun fact too do you know who Susie was no Susie is jordan from real genius <laughs> okay there's the connection yeah <laughs> real genius rules everything it's true <laughs> but uh i mean everyone's really good like even the parents the healthy uh the hippie health food people who are like trying trying to understand their daughter yeah julie's dad is like the real hero of the movie given that speech on the couch yeah, he's a cool dude. Well, I yeah. wish, I hope someday I can talk to my kids like that. Right. Where it's just like, hey, no muss, no fuss. Who do you like? Who don't you? What are you feeling emotionally? What are your friends like? I'm not going to judge you at all. Right. It's not even like advice, more of it's just listening and talking. Yeah. But he might be high the whole time. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Great mustache, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And the, the haircut. <laughs> and you realize how old this movie is when they're talking about Woodstock. I'm like, oh, boy. When was Woodstock? <laughs> 69. Okay. Everything but happened. uh yeah, great parents. The mom was great too. And I like that health store restaurant is probably worth like a billion dollars nowadays. It I think I read that that location was filmed like a quarter mile away from some commando filmings. Oh, interesting. I know. Weird. Very similar movies. <laughs> similar <laughs> locations, right. <laughs> <laughs> i like you i'm gonna kill you last ah, god arnold love him but, so what about um julie's friends so 
Lauren, I had a huge crush on Lauren. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so 80s with the hair. There's something sexy about the fact that she was a terrible friend. <laughs> that yeah, she's making he, out with her boyfriend right after uh, right after Julie breaks up with her. Him. Didn't, didn't sound like a Valley Girl either, though. No. Well, she apparently didn't know what Valley Girl sounded like, so she based it on someone from Malibu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know who she actually also voices? Other than... Who, who'd you already say? I didn't say it. Uh, she's Tommy Pickles. Yeah, Tommy Pickles. Right. We talked about that off camera. This is real professional <laughs> of you. Thanks. I, th- I thought there was someone else other than Tommy Pickles. Put the doers down and focus <laughs> on what we're doing, Andrew. This is Valley Girl. This is a 1983 <laughs> Nick Cage movie. And we need to be professional for the five people listening. Seven. She's done a lot of voice acting, though. A oh, lot right, of cartoons. Pow- Powerpuff Girls, right? Or is it Powder yeah, or Power? Butter, whatever it is. Buttercup. Yeah. I never saw that show. Yeah, it's too enough. high energy for me. So you know, fun fact: who she was married to for five years? Molly Ringwall, <laughs> Rick Salomon, who was also I don't, know, Pamela I don't know who that is. Was married to Pamela Anderson, but also was made famous for his uh, 2004 sex tape with Paris Hilton. Oh, the bald guy. <laughs> I mean, uh, clearly i've seen the paris hilton sex video great thank you for thank you for letting everyone know that night vision all right so <laughs> i got him this is just off the rails okay back to the sweet innocent lovable movie this was though it really was sweet and it was funny um i, I paused it many times just to laugh <laughs> yeah so, it so i so i could actually catch what i was listening to so i wonder if the guy who wrote the script was from the valley because the kind of the dialogue felt very real that time like yeah in another life you know when you don't want to do something or like tripendicular is that the word tripendicular yeah or like totally you know there's not a lot on the uh the writers and producers well it's 10 days so i mean clearly they didn't do much well i know yeah yeah but I love, I mean, they, there's some clever, there's some Sorkin level lines when uh, Fred introduces himself. He goes, my name is Fred. I like tacos and 71 Cabernet. My favorite color is magenta. Is magenta. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Fred. What a great friend. Yes. And that's, that's the solid, that's what we need to do for these kind of movies. You need a friend who's getting someone to do something they don't want to do in the first 20 minutes. They disappear while the friend like falls in love. And then in the last 20 minutes, he gets them back together. That's the perfect amount of friend I need perfect in a movie. Friend. Yep. Yeah. And he's got pink suspenders and he doesn't know that he doesn't belong at parties. It's just good stuff. Oh yeah. He just tries to fit right in. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. He's like, you want to dance? And the girl goes in another life. And he goes, yeah, me neither. I was taking a poll. I was just taking a poll. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get another glimpse of Nicholas Cage on a binge. Only this time he was drinking out of a bottle of wine instead of a bottle of vodka. Oh yeah. And he makes out with his ex-girlfriend in a bathroom. Yeah. yeah. She so. looked familiar. I, I just couldn't. She did. I don't know who she is. I didn't look no. it up. I know. I, I had to look it up and nothing nothing rang a bell. Yeah, but the punk the punk club, though, interesting. So none of the... They're dressed like punks. I'm thinking like, you know, Sid Vicious, all that kind of stuff, like kind of thrasher stuff. All the music synth and pop in the movie. It's weird, right? Yeah, not a lot of rock, right? No, it doesn't look... The way they were dressing didn't look like what they were listening to. Which was kind of strange. right. The way they're dressing should have been like, um, like yeah, like you said, seditious, sex pistols, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this movie shares a lot with Pretty in Pink. Was Pretty in Pink before this, or is I think it's mm. after this, right? No, I've never seen it. You never seen Pretty in Pink? No, nineteen eighty-six. Okay, so they stole from this because this is the same thing. It was the like Robert Smith 
you know, kind of punk kids or synth kids and then the preppy rich kids. Okay. It's a John Hughes movie. It's really good. We'll do it one time. I mean, maybe Molly, Molly Ringwald, on our Molly Ringwald binge. I've already seen every Molly Ringwald movie in the last month. She only acted in the 80s? Pretty much. She was done. I mean, she's so <laughs> iconic that like you couldn't see her as anything else. So going to the Breakfast Club, I, I read that they wanted to use Judd Nelson uh, for Randy. That would have been really good. It would have been different, right? Yeah. He can play a jer- – it might be a little jerkier, more intense. Right. right. But I think it would have been great, actually. I love – like Judd Nelson – this is – Discovering all the 80s movies, watching Judd Nelson and his ridiculousness and his flared nostrils and his intensity. Like, I've thoroughly enjoyed every Judd Nelson movie I've seen. Up until 1990, and then he fell off a cliff. Yeah, I'm not sure what he did after 1990. <laughs> I know he did. Remember the Shaq movie, Steel? <laughs> Do you? I say Kazam for a second, but no. Well, Shaq not- plays like a John Henry wearing metal kind of thing, and Judd Nelson is like the arms dealer who's battling against him. Okay. It's right. the worst movie you've ever seen. Uh, anything with Shaq is the best movie I've ever seen. So Kazam's great. I, I it. want it to rain ice cream. <laughs> God, I miss. She should. He should act now. He was great in Blue Chips, anyways, too. But no. So, did you know? By the way, this is one of Tarantino's favorite films. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, that. With, uh, Kevin Smith too. Yeah, his wife watched this while she was in labor. Yeah, that's crazy. So, did, this... your, wife, did your wife watch anything while she was in labor? Mm, no. What would you watch if you were in labor? Oh my gosh, uh, Predator. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't uh, know. I would, I would think like I would look at the mandibles and like the wetness of the alien. I'd be like, that's coming out of me right now. I can't handle this. Aliens. I need something. I need like, I would go high fidelity. I just want to have John Cusack calmly talking to me about his top five lists. Okay. That's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> we are just way off the rails, but uh. Yeah. Did Michelle you see a list of other movies that came out in 1983? No, what else came out? Oh my gosh, Mr. Mom, uh, Return of the Jedi, The Outsiders, Scarface, Terms of Endearment, right, Terms of Endearment, right? Superman. Um, yeah, 83 and 84 are definitely the best years for Vacation, Monty Python. There's crazy movies that came out in 83. So they've argued 83 and 84 are the best movie years of like all time almost. Is that what you're finding in your yep. 80s run through? I mean, there's literally just, there's PDFs and Reddit forums online dedicated to 83 and 84. And also I think 1999 is the other one that's really big or 94. That's was Forrest Gump, Shawshank, Pulp Fiction, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, some, sometimes they all just kind of like line up together. So, I mean, this movie, clearly they didn't have any expectations for it. Like I said, it only cost... $350,000. So they didn't put it much money. really easy to shoot too. One of my favorite scenes was uh, when they're driving through Hollywood. It was like going back in a time machine, seeing all the old movies on the, uh, the movie theater displays. Like I yeah, said, it was well, it was well shot back. Yeah. There's some really, it was like, like I said, it's going, going through a time machine. It was cool. Yeah. It's like the, I love when it's, it's not a, like a very complex story, but they make the best of it. You know, like they take, they take, you know, leftover Turkey dinner and make a fantastic, turkey salad or something like that and it made 17 million in the box office yeah that's a lot of loot that's like three that's 51 times profit yeah, yeah exactly that is that's some good stuff also shout out the teacher who declared the prom king and queen who was clearly a loser in high school and was like talking about how important the prom king and queen were and then fainted when she saw the fight between randy and tommy oh, did she faint i thought she got pushed over <laughs> i thought she fainted but either okay. way i was like you didn't you didn't need to go that hard for us i really appreciate it yeah yeah she was yeah, and the, the soundtrack's great, too. What oh, was the other song by Working Men or something wave. like that? 
There's another really good song. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's as he's going into the bath. He's crawling into the bathroom. I can't remember. Damn it! I know. This is <laughs> I usually have like stuff lined up, but I'm I'm all over the map. We kind of went we went back and forth for this whole thing. Also, so other other teen romance comedies. Does this kind of set the stage. <laughs> you love saying that about everything. You're like, did this set the stage for everything? It's like well, because we're doing these early films for for Nicolas Cage, like Ten Things I Hate About You, Clueless. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Can't Buy Me Love was after this. Uh, Pretty in Pink was after this. Sixteen Candles also after this. So, so am yeah. I wrong? <laughs> no, because but I mean, like it's stuck in a moment in time. I'm sure there's movies from the '70s where there was romantic feelings between kids. You know? Yeah, we just haven't but, watched these movies. So it's like it's like you can always say that and it can always be correct, but there's also movies in front of it. You know? <laughs> it's like the perfect. You love saying it because I have to agree with you, but sometimes I just yeah. don't. <laughs> I'm not sure how influential this was at the time. Like, I don't know if like people Roger started wearing the stuff they were wearing or if people, you know, really wanted to be Julie or if like punks related to Randy. I don't know if this like, really. do you think this transcended time and space? Cause I can't remember having a discussion with anyone about this movie. No, never. And how long did this like uh, the fat last, the pop collars, the colors, the hair, did this last through the eighties? I think it was like 88, 89 when like Gordon Gecko and like being rich and being a dick was kind of more cool than being yeah, a, you know. The business suits came in. Yep. Yeah, the free spirit of like the mid 80s, the Reaganomics of it all. I think 88 when Bush came in, it all kind of got more serious. Not that I know, I, I'm just talking on my butt. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't mean either, but <laughs> sometimes I just say words. I don't know where they're going. And sometimes they lead me down weird and winding roads. Did you see the uh, musical remake of this? No. Oh, yeah. There's a musical remake. When? 2020 or what? 2018. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'd be down to see that. It stars some of the uh, original cast members, too. Don't tell me Nick Cage is in it. No. <laughs> I would die. Wait, who's in it? Um, going back to the old cast? Yeah. Oh, I'd have to. Um, our girl, Lauren. No way. Cool. Heidi, Heidi Holliker, who plays one of the girls, one of the friends. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is like a Broadway musical, or is this is? Oh, and Deb- Deborah Freeman, who plays Julie, is also in it. Yeah, there you go. sweet. Yeah, she didn't seem like she was a. I didn't like her. Did you like her at all? Like, I didn't see why Nick Cage was pining after her. Um, I don't know. Maybe because she felt kind of real, like a real human being. No, I like real human beings just fine. Just <laughs> I don't know. She, the, the clothes are kind of clunky. The hair, and I don't know. She seemed. What was her personality besides the fact that she was rebelling against parents who really didn't need to be rebelled against? I think that might have been it. Yeah. Like, what was her one character what? definition besides that she, like, liked to go to the mall and, like, to dance? Whew. That's what I wondered. So, like, during the montages, you see them talking a lot. Maybe because they had nothing to talk about. That's why they have the montages. Because what, what could they possibly have in common? <laughs> There's no dialogue for that. <laughs> no. It's just Nick Cage giving, like, conspiracy alien stories and her talking about her clothes oh uh, this this is before nicholas cage went crazy so nick cage has been crazy forever okay <laughs> i mean i i can't imagine growing up in the coppola family you know was really good for him yeah i'm just Fran- you know francis almost lost his mind on apocalypse now well who didn't well yeah but he created it i know <laughs> <laughs> we do an apocalypse now that's so- 79 but yeah yeah i guess it's nick cage adjacent so how many Nick Cage movies have we done so far? Five? 
Where, five? Where, where would you rank this in the five films that we've... Reviewed? So we've done Gone 60 Seconds, Moonstruck, this, Lord of War. The Rock. The Rock. Ooh, okay. So Rock goes first. The Gone in 60... Uh, Lord of War goes second. Gone in 60 Seconds goes third. Moonstruck goes fourth. This goes fifth, but like I've loved all of them. That's like not right, a death. Right. It, it's all like tied for third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, we've yeah. we've picked some bangers. I know. Well, that's what I was saying. We're gonna get to these other movies. <laughs> Should we get it out of the way now? So I've kind of monopolized the picking. I want to hand it, you know, an olive branch over to you and say, what do you want to do, Andrew? Well, the holidays being right around the corner. Okay. There are two holiday Nick Cage movies. Ooh, can make. I see if I can name one? I think I can. Wait, I know you can name one. Family Man. Yes. Yeah. And the other, the other one, I cannot. Uh, Trapped in Paradise. No, I don't know that one. 1994. Okay. Um, Nicholas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. Oh, I love Dana Carvey. Yes, I know. Is this supposed to be a terrible movie? It sounds like it like, could have bombed. It's, it's not good. Let's do it. <laughs> Trapped in Paradise. Trapped in Paradise, and then uh, maybe Family Man before, uh, before the Christmas I break. hate Family Man. I know, but it's so good. <laughs> what? That's good. Those are contrasting like- statements. <laughs> no, I said I know you hate it. <laughs> oh, okay. But do you like just like that he's a he's a dick with a Ferrari in a nice closet? Yeah, I like the play on his wonderful life. Yeah, that's true too. And Taya Leone's pretty good. Oh, I know. But I don't like Nick Cage being like a selling tires and stuff like that. It makes me sad. <sighs> sad life. Although I was really sad. I was looking at the poster for Valley Girl. The outfit he's wearing with the vest and the no shirt and a tie. I wanted to see that. Yeah, he didn't wear that. And she didn't no. wear her little pink thing either. Well, did you know that the girl on the poster is not Deborah Foreman? What? No, it's not. It's I think it's his ex-girlfriend that they just used and put her in the pink. Why would they do that? Look, look closely next time. I it's not I'm looking at it. It's not her. No, it's not. <laughs> That's really strange. She's cool. He's hot. Well, I, She's I from don't. the valley. He's not. That's awesome. That's a great tagline. But he looks like uh, like Rufio in the with the hair. He does. Did he? He didn't dye his hair in the movie either, did he? No, not at all. The the, the poster is very misleading. It's, it's this like, poster is lying. It's like the poster was made two years before the movie. Like I'm upset. Oh well. But well, this, I mean, this was an hour and forty minutes of just pure comedy, teenage romance. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. I, I'm really glad that I watched this one. Me too. I'm I'm just glad that we get to. I mean, when's the last time we had more than a ten minute conversation before these? Years, right? Seven years ago. Yeah. So now we're connecting and you know spiritually together, and I just feel I feel satisfied and you know kind of at peace with myself. Did you have any good quotes from this movie? Uh, the perpendicular one or the tripendicular <laughs> one was fantastic. Perpendicular, yes. Or the I was taking a poll when uh, he asked a girl out to dance and she says she she just declines. I just love like I can relate to that where it's like I feel humiliated. I want to crawl up into a ball. I like when Nicholas Cage is kind of stalking Julie, um, and he's at the movie theater. Oh yeah, is this movie three D? But know your faces. <laughs> so did or- he work? Did he work at the burger place in the movie theater, or was he just there being a stalker? I think he's a stalker, which is a yeah. Little- yeah, I think I don't think he worked there. I love when he's at the burger place. He just acts like a big nerd and then just like drops gum on the on uh, Tommy. Yeah, what does he say? Uh, oh well, Peter Piper picked a pepper. I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the weird Nicolas Cage moment. There you go. So we found it. Oh, he's always been crazy. You're right. Yeah. By the way, does, do food fights ever work out this well? 
Like they at the end, they just start a food fight and get away. Well, I was almost scared for Fred because the entire high school was chasing these two. And then Nicholas Cage leaves with Julie, leaving Fred behind. <laughs> Fred dies. I, I'm pretty sure the high school just beats up Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good friend. He's the guy who, you know, is willing to get beat up so that you can get the girl. That is a good friend. You're right. Yeah. That's what I consider you. You get to humiliate yourself on this podcast so I can talk for a few hours. I'll take a Fred Bailey. Yeah. Oh, you're my Fred Bailey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So we got next week's movie. We went off the rails with this. This is going to be fun to listen to because that's all I do. This is the reason I do this. It's like I can take walks with my dogs and just listen to this. <laughs> I laugh every time I listen to these. Two. Yeah, it's good stuff. We're going to be laughing during this time. Like, damn it. I'm laughing about me talking about laughing. We're just too big. Stop laughing about laughing. <laughs> Andrew, shut your mouth. Two big idiots that just love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So next week we got Trapped in Paradise, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey, John Lovitz. Oh, John Lovitz. I thought it was, I, for some reason, I thought John Voigt. That's much better. John Lovitz is great. Yeah, John Lovitz is much better than John Voigt. Yeah. I can, do a, I can do a very small John Lovitz. You want to hear it? I'd rather hear a John Voigt, but let's hear a John Lovitz. That's the ticket. <laughs> eh, it's okay can you do a dana carvey no because he just does other people's no, voices i know we'll work on it oh wait wait, wait wait what's the church lady say it's uh well that's interesting or what is it or god next week i'll come with a dana carvey i promise okay all right love you all right see you next <laughs> did that scare you <laughs> oh and he left weird what i'm not i said i love you and you like got really quiet and awkward <laughs> you still there this is a really I'm bad ending you <laughs> oh, goodbye <man>. You're <laughs> later <laughs> i can't cut anything i don't edit <laughs>